Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. My name's Emery Wolf. Joining me is Nick Lamb, and this is Just Two Camera Guys, a show where we're going to talk all things camera. Uh, tonight, it's just me and Nick on the show. Uh, we have a load of different topics to go through. Uh, everything from some follies, you know, our own follies and the Oscars, uh, to some stuff about Canon, Netflix, and and eventually, I think kind of our big topic is going to be uh, about how to become an expert or a recognized expert, and, and where Nick and I kind of how we feel about that. Um, do you know what, Nick? Let's talk about the most topical thing. You're right lighting? off the hop. <laughs> My lighting or yours? <laughs> um, no, the the Oscars. Um, did you watch the Oscars? No. Me neither. But I bet you know one thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, about the Oscars. Yeah. Now, is that sad? <laughs> um, no, I I think Coda did deserve to win, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um the only film I saw. Yeah. I was talking more about the slap, and that's kind of <laughs> what I, I feel like that's like the <clears throat> I don't know. It's just sad. Like that's what it's become where that's the only thing that's interesting about it. And I, I kind of even wonder if like the Oscars or award shows are even really worth it anymore. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I've always wanted to do an award show. I always like, I've been telling you that we need to come up with the just two camera guys awards forever. The problem is, is it's, it's hard to think up categories. It's hard to think up nominees um, the whole thing is quite difficult to get off the ground, but, uh, so I can't make fun of their award show because uh, I've been wanting to do our own for a while now. Yeah. And I, I believe the way you kept saying it was those that we were just going to win all our own awards. Cause we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, I was <laughs> thinking at first we could do it as a way to get guests on the show. Like, Oh, congratulations. You've won the, uh, commercial of the month. For, <laughs> for just two camera guys so you come on the show and talk about it yeah what, what about these big like gl glamorous hollywood things do they do they have a place anymore or should we just get rid of them well the place er, everything's place is so different i don't know i because you can just watch whatever you want so it, it's so different so i I think there's still a place for it, but maybe and it's hard to to for it to keep its stature that it once was just because the world's changed. Everything's so different. It's hard to maintain that level of importance because yeah. of technology. Any idea what you could possibly change? So, oh, if I was reimagining it, if they were wanting, if they came up to me and they said, hey, what's one idea that you would have to change it yeah is that what you're saying yeah i would probably say i don't know <laughs> I, I think um, that would be my answer too and that's why i'm kind of leading towards like maybe we should just end these things well okay now that i'm thinking about it so if there was an awards show like that um i would almost want to see some categories like this is kind of off the top of my head, but best Netflix show, best Apple TV show, best 
Hulu show. I don't even know. I've never watched Hulu. Best Disney Plus show. And then maybe best show that went the traditional routes to straight to theaters. I don't know. That's the one idea that I can think of. I, w- I think I would try to change the format a little bit and, and make it more of like the digital age and try to include things like from social media into it and, and getting people involved and getting people actually doing stuff like why they don't have like a fan favorite award. Yeah. The fan favorite. That's a good. Although voting is so difficult. Yeah. I feel like that can be rigged. Well, and then fan favorite stuff could, could turn into like a, I don't know if you remember the fan favorite John Scott moment in the NHL when uh, the fans voted for John Scott uh, to be out there. And he was basically like a career fourth liner. <laughs> did did he show up? Uh, he did. And he actually won the MVP of it. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking about it. We got a, we got a comment here <laughs> from our good buddy, Ryan. He said, how about yeah. instead of best of the best, it was all about best of the new talent in multiple genres. Once, You've disqualified once you're disqualified from winning again. Once you've, once won, you've won, you're disqualified. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, put oh, you did put that on. I was like, hey, you should put that yeah, on yeah. so we can see. I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think something does need to change about them. I don't really have an answer. And it is kind of sad that, you know, you mentioned a show like Coda, which actually looks really good. Like it looks like an entertaining show, show even though it's a remake. Um and uh, I want to see it, but then something like the slap just overtakes it all, and that's a little bit sad. I loved Coda. I thought it was great. It reminded me of like an early 2000s, slower-paced uh, comedy-slash-drama that just it was able to just slowly progress along. I don't know, it was a fantastic show. Yeah, I watched uh, Power of the Dog, which was one of the other ones in there. And it was like your typical long drama. Um, There honestly wasn't much of a story to it. Um, It was kind of boring and dull, but it's like everything the Academy likes. So like I wasn't surprised it was nominated. And I'm happy something like Coda won because it's kind of got like that feel good movie of the year type vibe to it. Uh, something more along the lines like cool runnings. And I love cool runnings. It's a feel good oh. movie every year, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm not giving away too much, but Coda has the classic feel good scenes in it where you're just like, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about blenders and the award shows here, I'm, I'm going to talk about maybe one of, one of our other downfalls, Nick, um, it was about a month ago. I started giving you some jazz about not following our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do. And uh, were you were you following our Facebook page? I am. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, when you look at followers, your your owners of the page don't show or don't count as followers. So I was too dumb to even look up myself <laughs> to see if I was a follower, <laughs> and just. Just assume Nick wasn't following just and just gave him grief about it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So that was my bad. But hopefully, do you know what? Maybe some people out there can learn from my mistakes. <laughs> hopefully. Meanwhile, I thought I had all these like clever, funny jokes about you not following our Facebook page. And they just all turned out wrong. And then Nick you did apologize for, like for a week. it. Ah, yeah. But yeah, I, I actually thought it was pretty funny that I, I couldn't 
catch up on it. Um, one other blender, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys with Leroy and Leroy. Yeah. You sent me a text one day saying that you've got one video with 270 views on it and you couldn't figure out why. Did you ever look at your analytics? And sorry, 270,000. Yeah, on Facebook, because that would be, it's just abnormal for Facebook to be that high right now. Yeah. Did you go through your analytics? Yeah, I went through all the stuff and it's bizarre. So the only thing I can think of is it got shared to a Facebook group, but it was a private share that we can't see. And that's what's happening because yeah, the none of the numbers match up to the amount of views that it has. It doesn't make any sense. I accused you of just like clickbaiting it. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And that's why. Well, it seemed no. like clickbait. So you post a video to YouTube with or to Facebook with the yeah. title, this was banned from TikTok. And you don't think that's clickbait? <laughs> no. It was bad. Yeah, was pretty... For performing dangerous acts. <laughs> and what and actually that's the other thing. What was he doing <laughs> in the video? What's what was like the thumbnail even? So in the video, uh it was so it was actually it was based on a true story because at Banff they've got these fire uh outdoor fire pit kind of areas. Yeah. Um, but it's like so it's got a bench and then inside there's a big uh fire pit. And I was looking at it and I was like, wow, that fire looks so real. That's crazy. And I just kind of like stuck my hands out there and I was like, oh wow, that's real fire. <laughs> And then uh, we were like, well, that's a funny video. So so it's basically an image of Leroy with his hands like going towards fire yeah. with this got banned from TikTok. And you still don't think that was clickbait? Well, no, it got it did get banned. <laughs> so if it's the truth, it doesn't it doesn't count as clickbait. Yeah, that actually sounds kind of reasonable. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Um, yeah but yeah yeah, it was weird the the unless the only other thing i can think of is maybe they're counting some kind of instagram plays with it somehow like maybe it's getting played on instagram with that video because they're integrated more i'm not sure did you have you looked at like videos after and stuff was there other like trends was it maybe algorithmic or I have looked at other ones, but I can't figure out where the views are coming from with that one. It's weird. Because yeah. normally on Facebook, it'll be anywhere between 400 and maybe 5,000 views. Do you enjoy like that sort of idea of like, you know, why did this video go? And then trying to sort of like, uh, you know, D, whatever you call it, I decompose do. it to figure out. So I do want to get more into that to figure out what makes a video go. Right now, my current thing is I have no idea. <laughs> it's just <laughs> totally random. But there is, so Mr. Beast, I don't know if you've heard any of his stuff on this. Yep. So he's really dove into what makes a video go viral and all the different elements that go into it. But 
I do want to understand that for short form a little bit more because that I haven't quite I haven't seen the talk or the structures that make that happen interesting yeah mr beast is kind of all out on his own and and like what he does he does it well and and uh, it obviously shows mm -hmm. um I, I watched a good thing on like the economics of mr beast once and it was uh super fascinating how how they're making money how they get get through like taxes and stuff like that too it's some pretty crazy genius kind of stuff so they're uh for as dumb as they can seem at times, it's actually extremely smart. Oh, yeah. No, he's... I like the way... I don't know. The way he... His personality, kind of the way he comes across. I really like him because he's very philanthropic oriented. He cares about not... Let me phrase this differently. He doesn't care about making money so much because he basically said that he's pretty much the poorest of the famous youtubers because he basically puts everything back into his next video yeah yeah um you know moving on let's talk about a few uh i'm gonna call them future things because these are things that are kind of changing over time let's talk about the simplest one first canon released right should say canon rumors put out this roadmap thing for canon lenses and they're saying they're going to have 32 new lenses by 2026 <laughs> even your face right now is just <laughs> it's it's a little dumbfounding isn't it? it i'm guessing that it's a cash grab is that i can't think of anything else I'm I'm guessing it's like replacing absolutely all the EF with RF. Yeah. Which it makes sense because idiots like me are just gonna go and buy all their new lenses and give them another fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Did you watch the episode that uh, Matt and I did? I watched parts. <laughs> did you see the part where we talked about Canon's big news? Um, refresh my memory. They are done with DSLRs. Um, that does that makes sense. I can see that because, so, like, the head of Canon put out a thing saying that the uh, the last one uh, DX or whatever it was is the last flagship of DSLRs, and the move is to to mirrorless. So it'll take some time for it to for them to weed out all the other uh, DSLR cameras. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so that's why I'm guessing that these 32 new lenses are all all uh, RF stuff and they're just going to swap everything over and almost, you yeah. know, within five years, they might be done make, making DSLRs. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't really see the point of them anymore. Is there, have you seen the RF lineup of lenses? The future one, the one from Canon Rumors? Uh, no, no. Like what they currently have even. Do you know? Um, they've got the... How many is there? Isn't there only like 10 or something? Yeah, it would be around there, yeah. Because so they got, they have right got a bunch of like smaller, cheaper prime things like a 35, a 50, and an 85, I believe. And then they did L's in a 50 and an 85. And then their 85 L's got two that's got one with the focus smoothing or whatever on it and then they did the 100 macro 
they have a a 14 to 35 and a 15 to 35 the 14s f4 the other one's f28 the 28 27 to 70 28 to 70 whatever that one is the f2 the i don't think they did a mid one no, they, but they got an F4 and F2824 to 100, I believe, as well. And then the 270, which is on my camera now, the 100 to 500, and then the 600s and 800s. Um, they did both the cheap versions, which I own, and then they did the expensive version. So there's quite a few lenses already. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this is a human nature thing or if it's just something about me. But when I hear that they're making an F4 and a 2.8 lens, my brain just thinks, why would they even bother making the F4 lens? But it's like, well, not everybody can afford the 2.8 lens. So Yeah, it's it's purely a cost thing, too. And, like, honestly, even for myself, like, so I've got the 2.8 on here. Did I really need a 2.8? Well, no. Yeah. Oh. But, <laughs> well, think, think about, like, the landscape stuff that I'm shooting with it, right? Like, am I shooting at 2.8 ever? Like, hardly ever. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just always shoot wide open almost. Like when I'm using my 16 to 35, it's almost always 2.8. When I'm using my 85, I won't go 1 2 all the time, but I'll go 1 2 yeah. half the time and then 1 8 or 2 the rest of the time. Yeah. I, the reason I have it is because in moments where I need it, it pays off. So, like right now, this setup, because I yeah. didn't light or anything, this is literally just the light in my kitchen. And mm -hmm. uh, so I just, I lowered my F-stop. I typically shoot in that F4 just so I get a little more depth of field on my face. And when I move around, it's maybe not so shoddy, but uh, right now, 2.8. Have you ever set up and just looked at the difference? So the other day I was filming in here and I just had my 24 to, was 24 to 105? I think so. 24 to 105 on, and it was F4, which isn't the worst. And I had it set up and it looked so bad in here. It wasn't even funny. And then I took my camera and I threw on the one, two and it just suddenly made it look good. It was like, Oh, gear does matter a bit. Yeah. Right. Everything I hear too. So there's an F4 version of this lens as well. It, it sounds like it's just as sharp and everything. It's just, uh, and it's a little bit lighter, but uh, I, again, when you need that two eight, uh, when I take this thing out for Astro, which I haven't done yet, it's Ooh. it's going to come in handy, right? Like it, I can actually, do, I have that capability with that. With the F4 one, I don't have that option. So that's why I got F2.8. Yeah. Um, with that said, is there a lens or something just unimaginable that you can think of that you hope Canon comes out with? So maybe this already exists, um, but that one article that you sent me kind of got me thinking, uh, not necessarily what the article had, but it kind of got me thinking, why isn't there, and again, correct me if there is, but a lens or a camera system that, so for example, my 1.2 lens, why can't I set it up to say, take every shutter angle from 1.2 to F. 16 click and just let me pick on the computer i can just go through pick the one I um want. you can kind of do that in photos 
you can't <laughs> just, already. Just a blank stare. So with photos, you can set up in in most cameras. You can set up. Oh man, the term is lacking. Like bracketing. Uh, I, that's what I it is. It's bracketing. That. You could set up bracketing, but it's not bracketing through your f-stop. Um, so it will automatically do that through the camera, but you could still bracket using your f-stop. You just yeah. have to sort so of you, manually do it. You would take the three, but especially with a mirrorless now, I feel like you could set it up. I guess it would be processing power too, but you click it once, it could buffer. Because if you can take... 24 frames a second on some of these cameras why couldn't you push the button once and it takes 12 images in half a second and then yeah. you pick the 12 that it brackets and then you just select on your computer after which right and right, right in lightroom the one the you I, want the iris control the f-stop on these things are electronic now too so honestly i might have just not looked at it because if i honestly I manually bracket my stuff all the time. Like I'd set it rather than mm -hmm. have the camera do it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not on there. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I think like a more practical use of that, and it's almost the opposite of what you're saying is when people focus stack. Yes. So it's the same thing, except instead of shifting your f-stop, you're you're wanting yeah. to shoot maybe a little more wide open, or maybe you're you're got your whatever thing in the foreground a little closer to you than what you can actually get everything in focus and hyperfocal on. Yeah. Then you would focus focus stack those images together. Now that um, would require a bit more AI if you're selecting it after. I feel like the the f-stop thing would be a simpler function of the camera yeah but you also have to keep in mind too the f-stop's going to change like how that image looks right because you'll yeah. go from a, a shallow depth of field to a much larger depth of field depending on yeah. what you're doing and and depending on your lens right so like shooting you know my fisheye lens at three five or whatever it goes down to like it almost doesn't matter like almost everything's yeah. in focus right yeah um i'm looking at canon rumors right now nick Mm -hmm. And the top article on their page right now is a patent for a Canon 600 millimeter F4 using spotting scope trick. Basically what What's it that? looks like to me, I don't know what the spotting scope trick is, but it looks to me like a way to make your lens much smaller. Uh, so maybe like some refracting mirrors and, and stuff like that. Okay. Too micro or a mini 600 yeah two tubes squished together and then it because everybody like, seems I think to it's be going... loving the what is it the what's the lens you've got that 800 well the smaller one is it's not the one to four but it's the uh 70 to 200 right how small that is I yeah, right. Because when it thinking. compacts, well, and that's what I think, right? So even like I said, the f four of this version lens is much. It's even smaller than the one that's on here, right? Like, so it's all about getting things a little smaller and more compact. So, like, uh, you take my eight hundred lens, which mm -hmm. like you could shoot that handheld, and it's okay. Like, can you think that's of crazy. another eight hundred lens you can do that <laughs> with? Like, no, that's not a yeah. That's not a thing. I took a actually, it's probably one of my favorite shots of the year. I took a photo of a moon, uh, 
late late one night after hockey just trying to see what the lens could actually do and it's one of my favorite shots handheld standing outside really yeah it, it, like it's total it's absurd <laughs> um i had uh there was a nice sunset out of our like from our living room slash front deck area yeah and ruth went and ran and grabbed her camera and started taking pictures and i was just like no daughter of mine's taking a picture of the sunset from inside <laughs> reflecting through the window yeah it's like get outside take it that's good um <laughs> But yeah, having stuff like that lightweight and if they could do, if this, you know, this design works and they could make a 600 millimeter F4, you know, half the size, uh, the Mm -hmm. article here is sort of saying that uh, its center of balance would be similar to this lens I have on my camera right now. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy. Like that, uh, basically, it it changes the game for like sports photographers, right? I mean, as long as it's good as the big lenses. Yeah, I guess that. Whoa, sorry, turned on the. <laughs> Get off the internet. Oh, the power of live, eh? <sighs> um, yeah, let's move on to the next one, Nick. Another sort of emerging tech thing that I find is interesting. It's it's from a company called Flawless AI. Um, they have a product out that they call TrueSync. Mm-hmm. Um, now what this is, I kind of, I, I feel like the best way to describe it is like being able to dub other languages by using like deep fake technology. Um, so like if you took our video now, ran it through their system, you know, they would change it to, uh, you know, a Japanese voice say, and make our mouths match it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think about that? So have you ever done any of the, you know, they say you, they can take your audio, make you sound like if they have so many words, they can put whatever words into your mouth. Have you ever looked at that? Like just cut, cut words together. Yeah. So apparently if they have enough of your voice, they can recreate your voice, but right. you saying whatever they want. Right. Like stuff you never said, I guess is what I mean. Right. I've never but, seen or played with anything like that. No. I've tried to get one of it because I was trying to do a, I was doing a voiceover and they wanted to change one of the words. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I could just do this and make it take this person's voice and make it work. And I must have either had the wrong program or the right technology. It just sounded terrible. It didn't work at all. But that wasn't the question you'd asked. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you, so, you sound, you're sounding like you're doubting the technology. Is that well, what I'm hearing? I'm doubting that it's true AI technology. Yeah. Um, I feel like somebody's just rotoscoping and changing in the stuff because it looks so good that I'm wondering how... I doubt it's as automated as they say it is. That's what I'm doubting. That's interesting. You're, there's probably to some degree you're right, right? But I mean, like, the, I, that is a great question, Nick, because, like, I do wonder how much cost there is and how much time it takes. Because in my mind, this was going to make things quicker for dubbing and make it better. And then, you know, basically every movie could just get run through it and every movie is in every language all the time. 
and it was fantastic. Yeah. I had no downsides in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Although the captioning, the auto captioning technologies come so far in the last couple of years. So maybe it is possible because yeah. I remember trying to auto caption stuff even five years ago and it was borderline impossible. And now yeah. I'll look at a video and it pretty much gets everything right. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing too, we, we talked about it a while back and I don't remember, I think it was the Anthony Bourdain documentary where they used AI to put in his voice to like read over some things of his. Now I feel like this is a very similar talk, similar technology. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's funny at the time we were talking about Anthony, Anthony Bourdain stuff, we were, we were questioning whether that was like, morally correct to do oh is that what you're i see so you're wondering if this is you're wondering it from a moral standpoint yeah. or or like like if they can do this like what's stopping them from making anything you know uh like um, for, an, for an example there the video they show they they do some stuff from uh force gum and mm -hmm. uh we've all heard things with you know china banning things or re-editing things or not allowing certain things like now they could make it whatever they wanted yeah although i don't i feel like that we've already crossed into that we've been in that world for a while now so so we've gone too far there's no going back i don't know how you could i think that's a fair point um but i guess like so are you basically saying at a certain point what would even be allowable in a court is video even wow. relevant necessarily like is that the road you're kind of going down yeah i i just it, it's kind of a gray muddy area of of uh, ethics and i'm not mm -hmm. sure the proper ethics when you get into this and and that's really where the the conversation i think sits yeah and, you know there there is this positive side like i said someone could take our faces and voices and make it into any language which you know seems amazing but mm -hmm. at the same time it also means that they could probably do other more malicious things with it now i i could see how it would be a problem especially if it was a court case where somebody put somebody else at a scene where they weren't supposed to be there or they weren't actually there i mean yeah like i mean you already have that uh that tom cruise deep fake thing that everybody loves and it's entertainment for people but it, everyone has that understanding that it's not actually tom cruise so no one no one mistakes it for the real thing right yeah yeah although the weird part is that our we we misremember so much that <laughs> Yeah, yeah i don't know probably probably blurs together in the long <laughs> yeah it's it could be you're right it could be a problem especially when you combine that with uh how unreliable our brains really are yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy and you know the other thing too like having a company like uh flawless ai uh doing this they're they're doing it for a business so it's not like I shouldn't really have a fear of it being malicious, but if they can do it, someone else can, and it's only a matter of time till someone else figures it out. Yeah. Anyways, it's, I think it's just an interesting thing to talk about. I think it's an interesting set of tech. Uh, I'm actually kind of like 
I, I think it would be really neat. I, I used the example of, of us uh, going to like our movies going to Japanese. I, mm-hmm. I would love seeing, you know, some some of the old uh, Kung Fu movies, you know, redubbed with oh, this yeah. thing into English. Putting it like, to English. I never even thought about it uh, uh, that way around. Yeah. Because right now, do you watch dubs or do you watch subtitles? I typically watch subtitles. Yeah. I I can't do overdubs because they're just so bad. And it depends, it depends on the movie, though. If I know the movie's going to be cheesy, I'll probably watch a, a dub. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could even watch a movie with the true sync without the real voice. I'm I'm probably too... I don't mind watching subtitle movies and I just, I don't think, I don't think I could do it unless I didn't know. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we'll move on to the next thing here, Nick. I think before I do, I'm just going to throw a reminder out. If anybody has a question or comment, just uh, leave it on the social media of choice that you're watching this on. It should pop up for us and we will try to address it. Um, the next Hold on, we got this one comment here it says live viewer comments show up on Streamyard. this is an example yeah boom just like that <laughs> <laughs> um the uh the next thing i kind of want to talk about it's emerging tech is maybe not the right thing to call it but netflix um mm-hmm. up their price to like a dollar 82 did you see that yeah i did see that I already complained about that. Uh, messed up my budget this month. I had to rework some stuff around. <laughs> there, there, you had to empty out your fun money. Well, I had to subtract something from another area. <laughs> Janice lost some annoying. groceries. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what, what Netflix has started doing, and I think this is actually, I think this is a better move than raising their prices. <laughs> uh, but basically, they, they started launching events. Um, so hmm. now they've always kind of had events because they, they always done like their comedy specials and like you would go to the special knowing like yeah. this was the Netflix comedy event. Right. Um, then they started the fan expo, which they call to I believe hmm. is what it's called. Kind of like Tada, except to Um, and now they're doing, uh, they did this, uh, what they called the queen's ball, which was a, a 90 minute thing for fans to dress up. Uh, like they were part of the show Bridgerton and and Great go and idea. sort of like wow. take part in it a bit like this sort of event with it wow um yeah I I really like <laughs> this, this idea, great idea idea of like immersing fans into these shows um the other thing they are doing which they didn't really talk about but I don't know if you've noticed if you log into Netflix online they have a shop so you can buy merch as well so uh, I don't know who's buying their merch, but I guess. Well, it would be Netflix like fan. for, for the shows, right? Like oh, I think I've seen shows. like some stranger things, bunny hugs and stuff. That's smart. Like uh, your favorite hockey team, but yeah, you're just a big fan of. Yeah. For, for yeah. our one, our one viewer, a bunny hug is a hooded sweatshirt that both Nick and I are wearing right now. <laughs> we just call them bunny hugs out here. Um, did I say bunny hug? I did. Okay. Um, anyways, I, I think like this is the direction Netflix needs to go. I think this is the direction, like if they want to keep fans, they want to get people mm-hmm. involved. This is the way to do it. Not by raising their prices. Yeah. 
Well, so I'm kind of torn on this other idea. Speaking of prices, what about two different streams? One stream free or five bucks, 10 bucks advertising. Second stream, 1871 or whatever ours costs. No advertising. No. <laughs> I hate advertising. That meant that I keep saying this to you. I'm like, don't you remember YouTube when there was no ads? And you keep saying no. And I'm like, it was that was YouTube's glory days. Now it's just it's horrible how many ads there are. I disagree. I think there needs to be more. You like more, the ad more fights, more influencers making more ads too. Well, I, I think you guys should be making more money than that you are selling. No, that's obviously a very biased take, a very self-interested yeah. take. But yeah, I, I I think like this is the right approach. Like don't raise your prices, but offer fans something to get involved with and make mm -hmm. extra money there. And because you're going to make money on this Queen's Ball, you're going to make it in merch. Like that's I've been looking for idea. unsolved mysteries stuff right like you'll make your money on that yeah. as well throw and some ads in there have a second tier you're the worst <laughs> <laughs> anyways it's a it's an interesting concept i think it's something people you know if you're really into a show you should be watching for and and yeah go check out the store like like i said there are there's a few things in there some of them are actually kind of mm -hmm. cool and, it, and it'll always be changing right yeah LeroyandLeroy.com, lots of merch. <laughs> yeah. Do you, how's your merch sales going? It's all right. Like, it's nothing to um, write home about or to jump up on the on the desk and celebrate, but it's good. It's like it's nice and steady and allows us to do a little bit of traveling because that's, yeah, it's literally where all the money goes from merch. It goes straight to the account that buys more merch and travel. <laughs> um do you know what i i've got one other topic i want to talk about before we get into the recognized expert topic um i come across a couple articles nick i didn't really share them with you but uh i'll kind of go through it they they were basically questioning whether phone cameras are too mm. good um so sort of the things that they were kind of pointing out is like, they were almost even questioning, like, can you call them cameras? Because it's all like software stuff. And that's what's causing oh, like a lot of the weird things. But um, I still think they count as cameras. I'm not too worked up about that. But mm -hmm. I do get worked up about some of like the weird artifacts, I'm going to call them. Um, like so, facts? Is that what you're referring to? Uh, yeah. Or like how the program chooses what it wants to do. Um, so this is my iPhone mini. You can mm -hmm. see the two, two lenses on it, right? So one of them is a super wide lens, sort of like the first thing. I don't, have you ever seen, do you have an iPhone with a super wide lens? Um, I don't think so. No. So when you use the super wide lens, it gets this like super, super distorted view on the corners. Like, you mm -hmm. know how uh your wide lens sort of distorts it a little yeah it's not too bad though this is like 10 times worse really yeah it's like it's beyond it looks gross hmm. 
um, the distortion is bad. The quality of it's bad in those corners. So it's like, it's almost not even really worth it in my mind. I, I mean, it's fine. It's fairly everyday user. I'm sure it's yeah. not a big issue. Right. Um, one of the other things it does. So when it switches from cameras, there's kind of like this weird jump in it. Or mm -hmm. if you're like, or if the camera switches to like macro mode, it has this weird jump yeah. and you don't get the choice as to whether you want to make that jump or not. It just do does it. Like I, if I just zoom, it just does it and goes into that ultra wide or whatever. Or okay, if I, yeah. if it, if it, if you bring something close to it, it'll just go mm -hmm. into macro mode yeah, rather yeah, than let you choose. Um, so that's a bit of a problem with it. Um, almost everything having to do with slow shutters are, are problems. Um, so like when you take your nighttime shots, it'll super, kind of overexposed stuff so then it gives you it'll introduce a lot of noise with that and then it'll it over sharpens everything at every time of day so that gives you some like weird lines of things that can show up um uh they call it uh the computational things um one of the other things they were sort of picking on was like the hdring and mm -hmm. how uh you know three even three cameras ago the hdr on it you still have like blown out spots but now like just regular mode is even like hdr in it because there's like no blown out spots um or they talk about like how portrait mode cuts out around you and how it blurs and how it looks different than what this lens looks like or what your lens looks like uh there's some concern that uh you know that's going to become the trend of the future and that's what people are going to want so you're going to have these like big, beautiful lenses that do beautiful things and losing out because of a trend that your iPhone cuts out your head weird. <laughs> I don't know. Seems weird. Um, but at the same time, like nine times out, of, it's, it's like 99 times out of 100. They're going to work and they're going to pick the right things for you. And then we've kind of lost the art in it that was the other concern um is anything out of that rant jumping out to you yeah well a couple things so that's interesting that it's moving that way because maybe it's just my iphone because i basically just use it to capture it's just like memories right I'm just take a photo of something so that I can look back and go, Oh, I remember that. Or half my photos are on my license plate. So I can plug it into a <laughs> parking meter. Um, but the art of it, I don't know. Is that losing the art of it? Or is that making that art accessible to more people? I, I think that's valid point, right? Like it, it really, it does make it accessible to more people. Because right um, now, if you want to get a blurry background, you have to understand what the parts of a camera are. So you have to understand that when you go turn the, I mean, you make the number lower, it's going to make the background blurrier. And then you also have to know, well, how if I'm making that number lower and the background blurrier, it's going to make it too bright. So how do I make it less Right. How do I turn down the brightness? So you have to know some technical knowledge, but uh, not everybody likes figuring out the tech behind it. 
and and not even in a bad way some people just want it just just want it to work right yeah um but i feel like if anybody is getting like serious about it like it's it's a bit of a downfall right it yes yeah um in the same way that when i write a paragraph I'm not as good at writing a paragraph as my wife is because she really understands the structure of a paragraph and the English language. And I just don't really care enough. I'm just not that interested. So I think it's probably the same way. Like people, so have you ever used Grammarly? Yeah. So I can punch stuff by saying to Grammarly and it fixes it up good enough. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the, I'm just I, playing devil's advocate here because, yeah, I love like um, here's here's the other thought I have with it, too. Right. Like, so what I list off, like uh, really half a dozen real problems and that's it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it works 99 percent of the time. Like, I'm pretty sure they know those problems. <laughs> yeah. So, like how long until they fix them? Like, it's not going to be long. And then next thing you know, it's like it's pretty much the perfect camera. Just boom. Well, the glass done. does matter, though. It still does. But Why? yeah, you're right. Maybe for how long? That's maybe the question. Was can the software overcome the physical limitations? Is maybe the bigger question. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of just a matter of time until it does, and and we're, we might not even be that far away from it. Oh yeah, no, we're not. And I I would be worried about the future of video makers and kind of specialists like me, but there's just a need for so much video now that we're so much in demand that it, it doesn't matter as much as it would have, even if the techs come along. Yeah to the point where anybody can use the equipment without studying you still here's the thing that is going to change it emory in my opinion is if there can become the software that will basically edit it for you because right now if i'm in premiere and i take something that i've shot and i chuck in the audio and even chuck in B-roll that I've shot. But don't fine-tune it. Like, don't add the polish to it. It's still going to look so-so. Yeah, that's interesting, too. I, I feel like those programs, like Adobe, is working at stuff like that, right? Because they, they have to deal with ways to try to automate systems to yeah. make video for, you know, a 16.9 to a 9.16, mm-hmm. right? For your and phone. you know what's actually, okay, so actually, if there was a automated software that could detect, you would, you'd have to change the number. So on your camera, you'd have to change it from, actually, so if you shot everything at 60 frames and there was an essential, you know how there's that essential sound panel? where you can tag, this is voice, this is audio, or music, this is effects. So I was playing around with that uh, yesterday, or today even. And so it'll basically auto-mix your stuff for you. 
if there was an essential video panel where you tagged, this is B-roll, um, this is my talking head, this is my time lapse. And so they took your B-roll and it just said, do you want this to be in slow motion? Yes. And then it auto-stabilized it, turned it in slow motion, interpreted all the footage for you the same way that they did the sound. That would change it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what movie it was, but there was a horror movie about AI that uh, they used an AI to create a trailer for it. Yeah. And it was like the most bizarre trailer I've ever seen. <laughs> but it, like, I mean, it was still kind of like effective. Like it still seemed like a horror movie. It sort of had the right idea. It just needed probably needed some more time probably needed a better movie to work on too i used ai so i subscribed to VidIQ. uh i've got a two months test right now and basically they've got a bunch of ai for their tagging and stuff and they've got this title maker and i mm -hmm. let it pick the title for our one video and the it's like the title that they came up with was stop the insanity and get free parking in banff <laughs> Sounds sounds fun, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's no banned from TikTok, but yeah, <laughs> but at least it at least it didn't cater to uh, to, to clickbait ways. <laughs> it's not clickbait. No. Anyways, uh, it, it's interesting always talking about phones versus cameras, and you know, uh, we we talk we made fun of our name and how we're kind of the last of the camera guys because of this stuff, and it, it really does like reading those things. It you know, there's such minimal things wrong with them. It really does seem like this yeah. is we're we're a dying breed, and you're um, still gonna need to know it to take it to that very next level. But I yeah, I think there's gonna be like like what you're talking about is the difference between like quality versus quantity, mm -hmm. and there's gonna be quality people over quantity people, but that quantity is going to be the norm. It's the more I think about it, it's actually similar to Grammarly. Whereas if you really knew the English language, you'd be able to step it up a notch further, but it's enough to get you by. Yeah, it's good. It's good enough, right? Um, cool, Nick. Uh, let's move to the last uh, sort of yes. bit we wanted to talk about here. Um, so there's a lady online. Her name's Dory Clark. I should, she exists in real life too. Um, <laughs> just, just in the metaverse yeah she's been she's been doing this uh, uh sort of expert uh business sort of stuff for some time now um and i came across this article about uh how to become a recognized expert in your field mm -hmm. And she sort of, the article itself sort of talked about like uh, what she had done through her career to, to sort of fire it up. And then uh, what I ended up sending Nick was this like evaluation toolkit thing because it sort of had everything summarized up in it. Yeah. Um, anyways, there are three elements that she points out um, that you basically are your steps to follow to become a recognized expert. Um, so your first element is content creation. Your second element to it is establishing social proof uh, or, for an example, credibility. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third step to it is building your network. Uh, so that's a pretty simple set of sort of guidance 
for it. There's obviously a lot of things that can fall under it. Uh, but I wanted to talk about being an expert. So, okay, Nick go through I- those three things again because um, this seems almost too simple, but yet if you did it, it would work. Yeah, right. Like, so the content creation stuff, when you go through her checklist of things, so she's kind of got like this toolbox where you would check off like what you've done type stuff. So under content creation, she's got, I've created public, publicly and shared long form content, such as blog posts, articles, podcasts, or videos, uh, how many times you've done it, uh, and then points for each one and your points would add up. So like for never would be zero points, one, a few times a year is one monthly, two points, every two weeks, three points, weekly, four points, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, and then a bunch of other questions, you know, um, at the end, long... you learn what your spirit animal is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you go mine's through a it. Penguin. You know... <laughs> I think mine's a wolf. Why is yours not a lamb? <laughs> Nick? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of questions like that. You'd answer it out. Um, establishing social proof. So one of the examples on there, um, she has like on my preferred social network, I have at least uh, zero followers, a hundred followers, 500 followers, a thousand followers. And again, the point system through that. Um, and then on the last section, building your network. Uh, it would be things like people in my field regularly reach out and request to meet me not yet on an average of and so on and so forth. Um, so hopefully that makes a little more sense, but mm-hmm. I think the first thing I kind of wanted to do it after the video is done. Yeah. I'll maybe that's a good idea. I'll try to do that. That means Just I got to stay up later. No, I, no, stay I can up put it in tonight. tomorrow or whatever. I would worry about <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be quick. I'll do it tonight. Yeah. Um, The first thing I kind of want to touch on, Nick, is we work with some younger people with the Mm -hmm. Pat's crew and stuff, and we get asked things often enough. Do you consider yourself an expert? (laughs) Well, it's funny. Yeah. So when we were talking about this, I would consider myself capable, but I think it's my personality that just... I kind of always feel like there's more to learn, but I there's probably some things that I'm getting closer to becoming an expert in, but I'm wondering if that's just not having spent enough time around people that are at the next level. Cause you know what it's like when you see somebody that's extremely good at what they do. You're just kind of like, whoa, oh, wow, wow, that's crazy. Like that one replay guy from Saskatoon. When you watch him work, you're like, oh. oh, Shout, out, what... shout out to Brandon Dick. Yeah. You're um, just kind of like, oh, that's what you could do at this job. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and when you hang around those people, it sort of pushes you to do better. Like, um, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain, but... Uh, you know, if you're playing hockey, for an example, and you got someone who's really good on your team for you to keep up and to make it fun, like you have to try and eventually mm-hmm. 
if you keep trying as hard as you have to, you'll also get better and you'll hit, you know, maybe not that elite level, but you'll hit Mm -hmm. a level, right? Yeah. And even, so this is even from a camera perspective, um, at the, the game, I was watching, I was paying special close like attention to Ken's work and it's just so good. It's just on a different level. Um, the way he was zooming out during the power play and he'd sneak in and out. It was just, it was so good. Um, if I was doing that specific camera, it would take years and years to get to that level. Yeah. That's sort of muscle memory. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, here's the other thing too. And, and this is pretty blunt, uh, probably something, uh, no one on that past crew has heard. So if they're hearing this the first time, but it, it always sort of bugs me that people ask us and <laughs> it, it, it's cause of that thing. It's like, I don't think I'm better than anyone else. And I don't think like I'm that great. Like they all know this. I do think I maybe get a little too like amped up about some of those things. And maybe that's why people ask me, but, um, yeah, I just, it was the same thing. Like I never thought of myself as like an expert. And then I read this thing and I was like, you know, half 90% of what we're doing with just two camera guys is actually that yeah. thing. Part and, of it is just doing it. Although the other part is that we're not doing it. So if I was to take what would take us is we're not making enough content. That's not this live stuff. Yeah. And why do we do live? Cause it's easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and the other thing too, and like, I, I mean, you know me, like I'm hypercritical of what I'm doing mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like with the, the TSN game we shot there and I watched it after and I'm like, yeah, we were definitely the B crew, right? Like just like, <laughs> was yeah i was trash like just like ah whatever about it and but at the same time like to me that's just means like oh well it's okay that i was trash i could get better like and if i had had a little more time a little more opportunity i would get better yeah so i so that that like takes me out of the expert equation like in my mind right so now i think i'm finally getting to what the article, the point of the article was to teach us how to become an expert in our field. And I have no doubt that if we actually did the steps that are outlined in that thing, that it would work. Yeah. So here, here begs the other question. Are you trying to become an expert in your field? Well, I think after reading all of that stuff, it's more of uh, I think I need to try a little bit harder. Interesting. See, cause I, I kind of took it again. I'd never thought of it like I was trying to do it or anything, but after I read it, it was kind of like, Oh, maybe that is what I'm trying to do is become an expert in this field. Yeah. So this particular show the just two camera guys one, um, I've always viewed it overall in the lens of us just having a conversation with each other. It's basically just taking our phone calls and putting them in front of a camera. Right. 
Um, but since we've started it, I've always now I'm kind of thinking we should do some other content camera related to put up here yeah, to and grow it. And I don't know if that's just the capitalist mindset is you need to grow, 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 or uh, I'm not sure where all that comes from. It's funny actually. Cause I, I think where that comes from is like another like pretty modest point where like we enjoy this. We enjoy talking to each other. We enjoy talking to the other photographers or video people we have on and, and learning from them. Right. Like uh, mm -hmm. we, after Kelsey's episode, the last episode we talked about like, like, wow, that was really good yeah. for like 20 minutes after. Yeah. We, we definitely need to get to know our stuff a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's one of those things. So we're, we're doing it for ourselves in that way but i i still think like that end goal is sorry let me put it this way we we basically scheme how to make that better because i think we enjoy it mm -hmm. but i also think like by making it better and us scheming to grow things and do all these things these these are sort of those things that that are are about becoming an expert and i, I think it just goes to maybe to the point that trying to become an expert in the field is natural for both, both of us to do mm -hmm. just, we didn't really realize we were trying to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I, I and will, will we ever hit that point? That's the other question. Well, it depends what there's always another level. So I guess it depends how far up we want to go. Yeah. I I think more like about retirement now. Like, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, man, I just want to get all my lenses and everything set. So when the time I retire, I can just go out and take photos and pill around on my own. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even, it's not even about becoming an expert. It's just about enjoying retirement. Well, yeah. So I don't think I ever want to retire, <laughs> but maybe that's because I've never really had a, it would be different if I was like laying brick and it was physically exhausting and demanding. If I, if I retire at some point in time, you're going to be like collecting your, uh, your old age pension or whatever it's called securities now. And, and your whatever you've put away for your RRSPs, right? Yeah. That's, that's your retirement. But if I was, I, why would I ever stop going out and making content? Yeah. Or you, you talk about like Kenny, right? Like Kenny's supposed to be retired, but he's yeah. still, he's still working on people's houses and he's still doing the yeah. video thing. And, and he's, well, he has never said, but I can guarantee you he doesn't need the money. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I, I just know he doesn't. You can tell by the way he answers you know the way you can just tell he doesn't <laughs> yeah i wish i could do a kenny impersonation right now because <laughs> <laughs> it's answered with so much confidence you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah you can just tell yeah he's a pretty laid back dude too um well nick uh like you said i'll maybe post a link to that afterwards so other people can have a look at it and you know maybe gauge where they are sitting with it um, how they feel about it. And, you know, honestly too, I think it might be something 
I, I might actually go through this to see like how how I actually think we we rank up and you know what we should start we doing. The other thing too is if we track it, it'll show us like if we're moving in that direction. It will. So this is great. So we should take something like that kind of quiz or whatever and bring them to a meetup. Yeah. Because that could be part of it. And not that you need an activity to do, but if if it's something that's a lot easier to kind of, if there does happen to be some new people there, it'd be something to break the ice or something for us to kind of track to do together to kind of see where where we can take the next step or yeah speaking of our meetup um ryan's not watching anymore but (laughs) wasn't he supposed to be contacting multinational for us yeah can you bring him on (laughs) yeah just bring him in again um yeah we really need to make that happen we need to just pick a date set a date and do it one one of these okay. days and we'll talk to him. Do you know what? Maybe I'll try to give if I can Here. remember tomorrow, I'll give Malti a call. Yeah, maybe we gotta do it. Cause Ryan's pretty busy. I was gonna send him the link, but I can't find it here. Nah, whatever. Um Yeah, I think maybe we just do it. Um I wonder if multinational has any hard liquor. Oh, cause you uh Yeah. Um I got a soft tummy. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Nick, to get things wrapping up for the evening. Oh, sorry. I was looking for that email. Yeah, we've just spent over an hour here. Do you have a shelf of shame this week? Got rid of it. I got rid of it. That's it? That's all you're going to say? Sold my laptop. What did you sell? My old MacBook. Did you get a How long have I had this new one? So, when did I get it? November, December, January, February, March, April. It only took me six months. <laughs> Probably lost 150 bucks by waiting that long. Oh, well. Um, yeah, it's gone. So, I'm just pumped because I've reduced my shelf of shame by an item this week. Does your old MacBook really count as a shelf of shame? Uh, maybe. So actually, can I ask you one one question? No. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I sell my PC or not. And I'll let you know my one hesitation. I had a video that I was editing. And it was uh, the summer camp. So I did their video last year and then they just wanted like two things updated oh and then a new voiceover so i guess it was a lot more than that so they wanted a couple dates changed and then some of the voiceover put in like the new voiceover but basically the same video i tried to pull it into premiere on my mac and it all the files were weird none of it was the same they were all linking strange didn't look like it, I thought the file was cropped. Then I went to my PC, loaded it up, and it loaded up perfectly. Hmm. So does that mean I can't get rid of my PC now? Mm, well, when can you offload that thing? What do you mean? Well, like when's the job done? Well, it's done, but it's not uncommon for... Now, that one was like a 
it's a charity that I'll do. So there's no money involved, but it's not uncommon for a business to send me a thing and say, Hey, can we change this text or this thing on a project that they did four or five years ago? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I feel like you're, that's like going too far back and things do just get incompatible sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing more of that corporate stuff, I actually wrote it into like my contracts with them that I was deleting things in three months. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and the most I would keep is the, uh, I, I, I also give them the option though, if they wanted all the video, you know, give me a hard drive. I'll dump it on for you. Yeah. You can have all the video. It's yours. I don't care. Um, as far as the edit goes, I will keep like my final version of the edit and that's it. And if we can work off that and adjust it after we will, but after three months, it'll be gone from my system. Wow. Which wasn't necessarily true. Yeah. <laughs> I technically still have some stuff from years ago, uh, but it's just cause I, it's on a, uh, old external drive. I just haven't deleted. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't even know what that computer is worth right now. I don't know. Maybe 500 bucks. Yeah. Cause that, that's, here's the other thing, right? Eventually that computer dies anyways. Yeah. So if you're concerned about like the one client, what I would do is I would try to like offload what you can to work on to that Mac. Mm-hmm. So like any sort of file rough edits or anything, dump those out in like oh, a good, yeah, good format. So you could re-edit that. And then if there's yeah. like a definite, you know, one shot you need to keep, maybe re-export that out into yeah. another file file and then just make sure that it all works on the Mac. Uh, so you're going to lose like all your editing, but yeah, like I said, the computer's going to die. You're going to lose it all eventually anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably go through all my drives. I'm just too lazy. Uh, you have a lot of drives. You overkept things in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from the guy who was like, no, I delete stuff after three months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's probably a happy medium in there somewhere. Like probably. two years or three years or something. Yeah. But yeah, I had it in the contracts and I was very upfront about it. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Does that help you out? No. No. I still wonder if your MacBook is allowed to be part of this shelf of shame, though. Because like, um, it was your it was your good editing laptop until you got your new one. And your new yeah. one was just better. Yeah. Does that count? I think so. But yeah. I'm the guy. Like it wasn't so... that shameful until you got your new laptop. It wasn't, but I used to, I used to be so good about this where the second there was anything new, I'd sell it. I'd sell my old iPhone. Now I've got four old iPhones just sitting in my drawer. Um, yeah, I would have had two because you know me, I like to keep mine as long as possible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, the only reason I got rid of one was because a friend, they wanted it for their kids to, uh, so that they could just communicate with them. Mm. Um, so like for a kid to just have FaceTime when they're at home or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And then the best part was, was my friends kept FaceTiming me. It was fun. Because for some for some reason, like the account didn't come off the phone. It didn't come off. They I was like, "Oh, hey, Kev, what's going on?" He's like, "Oh, I was looking for Quinn." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, kind of like how your daughter can read her text messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much exact same thing. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Um, anyways, Nick, I'm gonna show you my shelf of shame. Okay, you ready for this? It's similar yeah. to one one shelf of shame that you had, but it's right here. That's supposed to be down, I guess. Oh, is that a car mount? Yeah, my. What's the name of that one? This is the something gecko. I don't yeah, that's. Brand. I've got the same one. Delkin. Yeah. Now I've used this thing a few times, but it's like awesome. I, it is a good mount actually, and like I, I've even threw thrown like my DSLR on it. Oh, I put my one DC on it, yeah, um, it several times. It holds it well, but uh, I feel like my time of mounting my camera to my car is done. You know what? <laughs> like, and here, here's here's the real thing is like for what I'm doing now, I have uh, my GoPro and I have yeah. the suction cup for the GoPro. And I've never that's sort even... of good enough. Yeah, you're right because. If I was to mount something to a car, I'd probably want that DJI Osmo action cam now. And I probably wouldn't need to put my other camera on the car. Yeah, I'm not doing anything serious enough. There we go. Took autofocus a long time. Did it? Anyway, yeah, it did until it kicked back in. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm just not doing anything serious enough with it, and nor do I intend to. Like, I don't uh -huh. want to sell anything where I'm putting a camera on the car anymore. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that's a that's a bit of a lie. I have one photo I want to do with my brother uh, moving a car and having an attachment to it, but it's also not going to be that thing. See, I think there's a... I just thought of an idea for you. It's chasing yesterday back roads. You mount the camera to the car and it films you guys driving down these back roads for hours. Your whole video is like four hours long. So we did that once. Yeah. And, and we got like our one and only complaint on the page. <laughs> <laughs> um no that's not entirely true so what i actually tried to do once i've got a theta 360 camera mm -hmm. and i thought i could like stream that live and i was yeah. gonna like take people with us and then you could like move around my car while we're yeah. doing it and then the other thing too is gonna suction cup it to my sunroof yeah so that it was also like behind susan and i so you mm -hmm. couldn't see our faces really either which was also a big perk of it because <laughs> we're kind of anti showing our faces on the site. Um, and, uh, but it wouldn't actually like stream out. So I was a little bit crushed by that. So then I took the GoPro out the next time we went out. Yeah. And uh, we were in the hills uh, near Arcola. And uh, we're going up the one hill 
and like eventually it turns into the park so like you can't really cross and you got to turn around so we we go up this hill and there's these turns and hills and up and down and like it kind of felt like a roller coaster mm-hmm. right and i'm like oh that's mint so i hooked up the gopro and we did like a couple of runs on it and yeah i put put that on uh on the thing like this i think i even titled it like this is saskatchewan roller coaster or something yeah <laughs> and yeah some someone someone was like i don't know why you're posting this this isn't your thing <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, ne- this is, never post this again <laughs> it would have to be a youtube channel only then <laughs> <laughs> just back roads on youtube yeah actually <laughs> why why is it why does that just sound like, yeah, that would probably work. People would just watch would. that. Cause it's so you, silly. It would be one of those videos that you'd almost watch if you were just wanting to like go to sleep or, you know? Yeah. Or, oh, what was that one road? I wonder if they went out there. Yeah. I, I could see the value in it. I don't think it would go crazy, but you'd probably have some people watch for hours yeah 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 one of those things i don't know you never know man the other problem i have is just time all the time Mm. so trying to find the time to actually deal with that stuff because i would love to do tons of videos with chasing yesterday i just yeah when i think about hyperlapse actually you throw it up on your sunroof top of your car Put your GoPro and your GoPro and hyperlapse. I I I did a hyperlapse drive out from Regina to Strasburg, and then I was gonna record like part out at the Strasburg spot, and yeah. uh, the camera died on me within like minutes. <laughs> I was minutes. gonna say your battery died, didn't it? Yeah, so it it didn't really work out, and then I don't know. I, that's the other thing that happens to me all the time. I'll try these things, and then like yeah, it just turns into absolute trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh well um yeah. i think that's it for us today. yeah Nick, do you got anything else you want to talk about no i think it's good no you uh you looking forward to having hockey maybe done for the year yeah <laughs> it's different directing's a lot more painful than operating yeah yeah it's i'm just... not too sure if we're going to get a playoffs with the Pats or not. I don't think they're out yet, but uh, it's looking like it's heading that direction. And then are you, are, do you think you'll be working a few games in Moose Jaw? Yeah, I think I'm going to work as many as I can. I have a sneaking suspicion. Kenny and I are going to get called for a few games in Moose Jaw too. Yeah. So I'll probably see you in Moose Jaw. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, let's uh, wrap it up for the night, Nick. Uh, before we go, what is your last tip you want to leave everybody with before I hit the button to play? The <laughs> yeah. Outro? Yeah. Charge your batteries. Um, actually, you don't even have to check your focus anymore. Just hit it on in auto. Put, you put the little square over the face. Let your <laughs> iPhone do the work. Let your iPhone do the work. Perfect. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. We'll see you later, Emery. <laughs>